This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised. Ill-advised, misinformed, our half-baked opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is the mic on? Welcome to the Hill to Die On. You're listening to A Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn as shit Aussies who give their hot takes on a different topic, go away to dig deeper, and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, well-adjusted chicken huggers, Josie Spicer and Kyra Brooks. That's us. And today we are asking the question, should we be concerned about the Bermuda Triangle? Before we get started, I do have a few patreon shout outs to give nice yeah thank you and thank you for these people for not only giving us money but for giving us money when we sporadically release episodes your trust means a lot to us (laughs) so cara i'm about to read out the list of patreon subscribers who get a shout out there is a bit of whiplash here in terms of the names that i've been given so we've got kaiwi Epsi Cola, Professor Sandy O'Sullivan, Alan, known as the Superhero Dildo Shaggins, <laughs> and Tanner. I just love that there's, like, legitimately uh, Professor O'Sullivan is actually a professor, fantastic academic, and then afterwards is Alan, aka Dildo Shaggins. It's just like, I think that encompasses our listenership. I'm really glad that you clarified that because I thought that was the one person. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like the professor was Shaggins. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So Kara, should we be concerned about the Bermuda Triangle? What do you think? Like as a society or personally? Well, you could answer it however you want. It's your podcast. (laughs) This is true. I am conflicted about the Bermuda Triangle because like, do I think that it's, you know, paranormal, supernatural, whatever no would I go into it also no (laughs) like I'm it's it's like okay if you were to tell me that there was a bus route that you know on that bus there's a certain passage of that route where they lose all communication like your phone won't work and the bus can't be contacted and whatever and you know sometimes the buses just go missing I'm probably gonna take a cab Like, I'm going to do my best just to not get on that bus. Even if it's like, you know, nothing might happen and that's fine. The fact that it's happened enough that it's become a thing, I just, I'd rather not. (laughs) That's a very good point. It's like, if there are other options, then, I mean, you can just avoid it. It's, It's sort of like this balance between, well, I don't know if there's something there, but... I don't mean something as in, like, a giant UFO that yeah, yeah. planes literally hit into, but, you know, like, you know, if there's something freaky-deaky going on. So my answer is probably the same. So, no. Like, as a society, I don't think we need to be concerned about it, but would I go in it? No. Yeah. <laughs> and because, like, I think being concerned about it sort of would imply that it, as if it's, like, coming to get us, you know? <laughs> Is it growing? Like, is there, if it if it was an all-consuming Bermuda Triangle that was like slowly sucking in Florida, I was like, I mean, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I but, mean, that's probably yeah. some sort of justice. <laughs> but I think we have bigger bigger fish to fry as a society, probably. Then <laughs> we're, and we're frying them rapidly. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this because I'm going to be frank with you. Like, I 
haven't had much exposure to the Bermuda Triangle as an adult. I remember mm. as a kid watching documentaries on like the History Channel whenever they would come on and I'd be like, oh shit, yeah. It's like almost like a primer. Like I thought that was going to be the biggest thing that we tackle or like that we try and solve or figure out was the Bermuda Triangle. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, no, there's so much. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much more. Oh, yeah. Like existential. <laughs> There's just a lot as a kid that you get exposed to. That It's like how people say there's, you know, things that they thought would factor much more largely into their adult lives than, you know, like June buggies and quicksand and the Bermuda Triangle. Like, it's one of those things that just never really comes up. Like, I wish June buggies factored more into my life. Oh God, like, out of yeah. all those things, I wish that right. one. <laughs> yeah, that sounds sick. One we could all use. Yeah. But... I mean, I used to be obsessed with it. Like, I had those books that were, like, you know, Crop Circles and Bermuda Triangle and Loch Ness Monster. And I was really thought that, you know, the more that society progressed as well, the more we would know. And Mm. I think, like, most of these urban legends, you know the same because it's an urban legend. There's nothing to know. Like, you know, same with... It's like we have satellites. We have... We can literally Google Maps of Bermuda Triangle right now and look at what's going on. Like, it's not as much of a mystery as it once was, right? Like... So if you were explaining to someone who's never heard of the Bermuda Triangle before, how would you explain it? Like, what's your understanding of what it supposedly is in the main... Obviously, there's going to be so many different conspiracy theories about it. Totally. But, yeah. And I'm talking about it as if I'm like quasi-expert when I probably haven't heard anything about it since I was eight years old. But <laughs> That's okay. My it was the first half of the episode. It's, right? It's a triangle, like, you know, three points, <laughs> things that fall between these three points, a triangulated like area of the ocean off the co- I think it's off the coast of Florida, like southeast of Florida. So like Mexican goldfish? Yeah, like around that kind of area. And it's where weird shit happens. Like people go missing, planes have crashed and like not been contacted. Like they just quote unquote disappear, which would imply they've crashed into the ocean and then not been able to be found. Like they haven't recovered the wrecks. Mm. People have reported like strange sightings or... Just various, like, anomalies and things in that area of the ocean. And so whether it's, like, electromagnetic interference or it's, Mm. you know, there's a lot of theories about what it could be, but none that really panned out, I guess, that I know of anyway. I'm just, now that you say that, if it is sort of, like, near Florida, it's obviously, I guess, kind of near Cuba as well. And I'm just wondering, like... Because I am so not across the different theories, but like I'm just so I'm just sort of brewing them as we go right now. And I'm like thinking of when these sort of like sightings and and crashes happen, like where in like the Cold War were we? Because I'm just thinking about how much the USA lies about everything in general. But then again, if they're just flying over Cuba, they'd just fly over Cuba. I don't think they would lie about that. I don't know. But do- I am just... Okay, I know this is, like, against <laughs> against podcast law. I just opened a map to see exactly where it is, just so at least we're, like, getting something right in here. Yeah, yeah. 
that's fine it is definitely east of florida and so it's basically so you know if you go south of florida cuba is sort of like in a stretch underneath that the bahamas Mm -hmm. is above cuba you keep going to the east and there's haiti and the dominican republic it's basically directly north of the dominican republic oh okay so it's like in line with the very south tip of florida i would say oh like so uh, east of the bahamas above dominican republic okay well, there goes my Cold War theory. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's still near Cuba. It's just like not, you wouldn't have to pass over it to get there. Like. Yeah. It's like, it's near Cuba if we're talking about the scale of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of conspiracy theories or theories, whatever, have you heard about what the Bermuda Triangle is? As in like what causes it to happen or? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I've heard aliens. <laughs> I don't really know that I've heard too much, to be honest. Everything I always hear about it or have heard about it historically has just been, like, this mysterious triangle where, like, things just happen. Oh. As if it's just, like, this weird anomaly and the Earth just sucks them inside. like Or, like, another dimension oh. or, like, weird, you know. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving it open is even cooler. Right. Like, it makes it creepier. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. I hate it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But literally have not even thought about it except for in the context of this podcast, like as an adult. Like, Right. Just... And like, I love shit like that. Like I find it really interesting, but, and then when I've seen things about it recently, I've intentionally avoided it. Like I said, how there's <gasps> that documentary on prime. And I was like, Oh fuck, I really want to watch that. But I knew we were doing this. So I was like, God damn it, I'll wait until after we record this and then I'll go watch it. But you just don't get as much exposure to that kind of stuff as an adult. Yeah, maybe there have been developments and we simply right. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch this documentary and be like, oh, damn. Like, damn, it's all solved. Just but like, with a neat bow. People can literally go on holiday there now. So, yeah. like, it's not, you know, it's not as dire as... I don't know why you fucking would. No, I think maybe it's, like, also a dark tourism thing or like just a Mm. fun tourism i say that as if like you know i probably would if it was like just a small section of it and it was i it's probably just because i don't know anything about it let's be honest it's like yeah well i i'm just thinking now like i mean is there the possibility that there's not even like a disproportionate amount of crashes there like i don't Mm. know like I don't doubt that there obviously like there obviously have been crashes there, but I'm just wondering if they're like, huh. I mean, that seems like a lot and like sort of you know how there's like was it is it Malaysian Airlines that had like a few mm. crashes and it's sort of like it's just been real shit luck. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like your jam, right? Like airplane crashes, like airplane investigations. Oh yeah, I've been to them. Yeah. I've been, yeah, so I have been like not listening to my airplane crashes podcasts because yeah I'm like oh no what if they mention the Bermuda Triangle and like debunk it or whatever (laughs) I think that this is what also one of the rare conspiracy theories kind of like Bigfoot where it's like you can believe in it and it doesn't hurt anyone yeah yeah I like that (laughs) I mean it might hurt tourism But no, but even then, I think if you believe in it, that probably boosts tourism. Because why the fuck would you go into the middle of the ocean for no reason unless you wanted to see some weird shit? Like, it's the same as, like, I'm sure that, you know, the area like Roswell, where that is in New Mexico, like, if if not for people (laughs) believing that, 
there would be no tourism, you know? So it's like one of those things where, I mean, that has other implications where I'm sure it does some damage with people's trust with the government and but yeah, that's not really true. damage. That's probably a, a pro, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit different, but in the way that it boosts tourism, I imagine the Bermuda triangle would probably do the same or in the same way that people would want to go see the Loch Ness monster in Scotland or. Oh, you know. I've got to come up with like a cryptid for like deception Bay and <laughs> like, and just generate tourism that way actually you know how people do like a around the world trip like a cryptid around the world trip would be the funnest thing like if you did like bermuda sick. triangle loch ness monster you went to like montana kind of area or wherever the hell i don't even remember anymore wherever bigfoot was supposed to be oregon was it oh, somewhere around big there. feet i guess you could do it like a bigfoot tour honestly i think right yeah that would be a good. yeti so like i think like nepal nepal yeah that'd be so fun and it, it it's like you're like yeah we didn't see anything which you almost certainly won't but yeah but yeah, if you got like a full crew of people together, yeah, you yeah. get like matching cryptid crew tour t-shirts, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's this massive bar crawl, but around the world. I love that. I'd be and down. Tasmania, the tiger, seen thylacine. Yeah. yeah. Which exactly. did you see that they're trying to bring that back? What? They they had it on the news the other week. I heard someone be like angry about it, and I was stoked about it. I was like, that sounds amazing. They're like cloning its DNA and putting it into like a smaller, like different marsupial uh, to cool. birth it. And that yeah, and they'll they're trying to like bring it back from extinction, like some Jurassic Park shit. It sounds fucking awesome. So I could kind of understand. This is another hill, I guess we're dying on right now. <laughs> I could understand if it was a species that wasn't sort of alive with us but like when it's a species yeah. that like humans have been involved in killing i'm like yeah, yeah let's bring it back oh yeah. totally and they've said that we could they could potentially do the same for like koalas and other endangered <gasps> species and stuff yeah exactly what you were saying like we're bringing it back it's basically like the people that say well you shouldn't play god uh we played god in wiping them out so why not True, play yeah. god bringing them back like this was our fault yeah. let's undo the damage so yeah, I yeah think it's, it's cool. not like there was sort of like some sort of long-term evolutionary process that like yeah i guess natural selection it's like no we just yeah we were just it. assholes like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just did our thing you know yeah. i'm so excited are you gonna have like a certain angle for the bermuda thing so obviously you were diving straight into that documentary as soon as you can oh yeah yeah no, I don't have a, a plan of attack because, like, I mean, I just, I've been avoiding it and I don't know enough about it to have enough of an opinion to know how to approach it. But yeah. I feel like just trying to consume as much, like, to understand what the theories are as to why it's mm -hmm. happening. So what has happened, what the theories are as to why it's happening, and then how plausible they seem. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, yeah. I love these cryptid episodes because it's, like, you can choose to, like, humor it as little or as much as you want oh totally it's, it's not like you know it's again it's not like this thing where it's like body positivity movement we've got to be like really conscientious about how we approach it and mm. rightly so it's literally inconsequential and that feels oh. really nice considering both of us have like a lot on our plate right now totally and like with all of these kind of docos and stuff it's like <laughs> three things in life are guaranteed right death taxes and people encrypted documentaries having really bad haircuts and i am yeah. so excited to see it fuck yes <laughs> there are a few reliable things in life but yeah, yeah you always count on that i am mm. i am picturing a very 
specific type of mullet that I know is like yes. in a Bigfoot documentary. <laughs> there is like the spectrum of mullets, and it's That's the same true. as like alien docos, ghost docos, like anything. You know that you're gonna see some cooked hairdos. In the alien docos, it seems like it's also always this one particular scientist. I don't remember his name, but do you remember us talking about it in our UFO episode? It was like, this is this one motherfucker who's in every documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, like, legitimately was a scientist at one point for, like, NASA, and now he's just being a cryptid weirdo or, like, UFO weirdo. Yep. Is it Bob Bob Laz, whatever his name is, or do you think of someone different? It could be. Bob Lazarus or something. I don't know. There's some weird... It doesn't matter. That sounds like that would be his name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the most normie name and then some sort of like, I don't know, fucking biblical thing. I don't know. Um. Oh, man. (laughs) That's so good. But yeah, other than that, I think we're good to to sail away or fly away. And never return. Quick question. Do you know if there's ever been, like, boat accidents in that area? I think so. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there was, like, ships that went missing, like, full ocean liners. Okay, that's fucked. At least that was my understanding. Like, and then they didn't find the shipwrecks. So, because do you remember, did you ever watch X-Files? No, unfortunately. Okay. There's an episode of X-Files where, and I'm pretty sure it's set in the Bermuda Triangle or, like, off the coast of Bermuda. Anyway, they're, like on a ship, I don't remember the exact, like, mechanism for how it happened, but essentially, like, Mulder appears on this ocean liner that's full of Nazis, and it's, like, a ship, yeah, it's, like, a, and it's in the 19, like, set in the 1940s, so it's, like, a ship that went missing that has all these Nazis on it, and, like, he's, like, somehow, like, transported into 1940, yeah, it's, or, like, I think it's, like, towards the end of the war, but it was, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, you know, on the nose kind of episodes and they've like made the regular cast members like different characters within that. So like the smoking man was like the head of the SS or that like they're all, you know, characters that align with whoever they're supposed to right, like, regular characters right. are. Like same actors and whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It just I think that's because there's been reporting things of ships going missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh that's interesting. How how far back does this motherfucker go this this Bermuda Triangle go pretty far I guess like I feel like the reports happened were happening for a while but I'm also curious as to like like a lot of things where you know it's like Bigfoot how there was that huge sort of peak of it at one point and then when people Mm. have cameras on them all the time or you have satellites around all the time and you can monitor (laughs) things like obviously it's harder with Bigfoot and satellites when it's dense forest but like with the Bermuda Triangle and it's just blank ocean like yeah i'm just thinking now that you say that i think of like you know like the malaysia flight and stuff like that where i mean i know i mean that was i'm pretty sure that was like the was that the indian ocean that that happened in but like you know even now even with all this technology there are still like these freak things in the open water where they can't find Mm -hmm. the the wreckage but i guess it is just like yeah it's sort of like this trend that they're noticing it's like okay Shit keeps happening in this general vicinity. I guess it's like, sorry, I don't know how to, so like storytelling and stuff, you know, in different cultures and across time, stories can be told that obviously aren't meant to be taken literally, but is sort of like warning people or like 
you know, giving some advice about, like, the natural world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder if, like, the Bermuda Triangle is some weird fucky, like... Like a parable modern... or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you, like, look, we've got the Bermuda Triangle, but it's just saying, hey, maybe just take a different route. Like, the the seas are pretty choppy there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, or if there were, like, good reason as to why things... Like, I wonder how many of the flights or ships and stuff came directly out of Florida, where it's, like, people were just fucking partying, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, on spring it was break. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's, like, the way that, like, flight has become the safest method of travel is, like, through these iterative improvements on um policy and stuff like that and it's like i wonder if there was like finally a hey pilots stop taking shots in the cockpit and then like (laughs) bermuda triangle is over right yeah and like more accountability and more like surveillance and more things that would yeah alter behaviors like how much has that changed and just like (laughs) attitudes i mean i don't know how much of it is just because like you know we've grown up obviously from when we were kids but the world has grown up so much just in that short time where there's so much that seemed and i don't think it's just because we were children like i think there's a lot that seemed more plausible even in the 90s that is not plausible anymore because we have all the world's fucking information in our pockets at all times so mostly in our hands at all times if we're me so yes yeah it's just it's very different i'm also curious now i've never thought of this but it's like you know the bermuda triangle clearly for both of us and i know a lot of other people really grabbed children's imaginations but obviously whole ass adults were like writing these books and making these documentaries Mm. how is it so widely disseminated like it's not like it's this fringe thing i feel like everyone i knew knew of the bermuda triangle yeah for and i think that that's interesting in terms of just like conspiracy theories like even you know lizard people that's like something that people can like (laughs) joke about but i don't think i still don't think that that's yeah it's like if you don't believe in it there's no validity to it you know what i mean whereas with Bermuda triangle it's like even if you don't necessarily believe in it you can't for sure say that there's no validity it like Mm -hmm. or at least i feel like i can't like i don't Maybe it's just because no, I, I could. About yeah, it, but I think a lot of people just sort of accept that it it is a weird thing. Like it is this weird anomaly, yeah. and for whatever reason, even if they don't think that it's you know an abnormal or paranormal or you know whatever supernatural reason that things are happening, it's still things are happening, like <laughs> or have yeah, happened. Yeah, I like how you sort of answered the question both in terms of like should society be be concerned and would I choose to fly through it i think it'll be interesting to see how we kind of come back and what if like either of those have changed because like mm. i could see the first one obviously i i really doubt that we will stumble upon something that's like guys we really got to be concerned about this bermuda triangle <laughs> fuck climate change right. this is the key thing but like i'd be curious to see if we're both like I, actually we probably could fly through the bermuda triangle it's fine yeah but right now, no, I like I feel like I can make a workaround. I mean, I am a person that <laughs> I walk into a casino and I press the payout button on all the slot machines just to see if someone else left money in it because I don't want to <laughs> gamble. But that's my version of gambling. Like, well, it's at no risk to me. Like, I just... That is beautiful. <laughs> I feel like that is, that is also, like, beautifully 
Jewish in terms of like, <laughs> this is, you can't do this. We shouldn't do this. But there's a workaround here. <laughs> I can still. Yeah. And then I if I want to, if I want to gamble the money I found, that's not my yeah. loss. You know what it's, I mean? And like, it's I not your money. It's not really. my money to gamble. So yeah, there's, there's a little <laughs> trick to it. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> And you'd be surprised how often it happens, man. Like, people get drunk and they don't realize they left money in them. Oh, yeah. It's like every time I've been to a casino in my adult life, which granted, I'm just not much of a... I don't don't like to gamble, but I've been, you know, a few times and every time I've managed to find something. So, hot tip. Holy fuck. Because people get drunk, fun. you know, like they get yeah. drunk and they just forget and they, it's hard to read those machines, like to know what's left. And so sometimes they just walk away or they've gone to pee or they had to leave for whatever reason. And yeah, they just don't come back. And there's also, I guess the thing, like, obviously money is a huge incentive, but like if someone's addicted, I wonder if it's like the motions of doing it. And so it's mm. like, they might just like. Have not know. pressed the right thing as well. Or like they weren't paying attention or yeah, who knows. Or someone like me where like I've gambled a few, maybe twice in my life with like five dollars on me and I'm just like I have no idea what's going on and I probably have I don't know tickets left I don't know how it works <laughs> yeah but just don't realize yeah yeah but point is it's like yeah well I'm still not gonna go yeah, through the Bermuda like, Triangle not gonna do it <laughs> If I yeah. won't even put 10 bucks in the slot machine, why would I fly through the fucking Bermuda Triangle? Like, I think Confucius first <laughs> asked that question. That's my soundbite. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, between that and the death taxes and documentary <laughs> thing, that fucking kills me. Uh, oh, man. It's been so nice to talk to you again. Yes, I have enjoyed you. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will see you after we've done our research. Yes. All right, Kara, let us know what you found about the Bermuda Triangle. Should we be concerned about it at all? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what I, like, we recorded the first half so long ago. I remember saying, like don't like even though it's probably nothing like let's just not I don't even think that anymore like it's fine this is bullshit like okay mm-hmm. I'll just go over some like baseline stuff and then I'll sort of give my own take on like interpreting some of that sure so I guess like I you know through my quote-unquote research I can give like some sort of basic information as to because I think we we had enough trouble like figuring out where it was let alone what the theories and stuff around it were last time Mm -hmm. so I can at least give like a little overview of what it actually is and then start going into like why it exists slash doesn't exist (laughs) so the Bermuda Triangle start is a section of the North Atlantic Ocean off of North America so there's a little controversy as to how many ships and planes have mysteriously supposedly disappeared most sources say more than 50 ships and 20 planes but i've also Mm -hmm. seen 100 ships and 50 planes i've seen a thousand ships and like just ridiculous (laughs) numbers let's just go with what is printed in encyclopedia britannica which is 50 ships and 20 (laughs) planes (laughs) so apparently the boundaries are also not universally agreed upon it's a vaguely triangular shape and it goes from the basically the florida panhandle to bermuda and the greater antilles 
so there's reports of unexplained occurrences in the region, which, I mean, some sources say date to the mid-19th century. That's really when it sort of took off culturally as a phenomenon. Oh, right. But a lot of it stemmed from as early back as, like, fucking Christopher Columbus and shit. There was reports of things mm-hmm. happening. But, okay, basically, the biggest sort of way that we know the Bermuda Triangle, culturally, as to as to why it was so big, was Flight 19, which I'm sure you came across. Oh, the World War II sort of, like, squad. Yeah, it was, thing. like, a Navy squad. And so, basically, it's funny because it depends what documentaries you watch or what articles you read as to how they're trying to frame it, as to how they present the information, because a lot of it will come across as... You know, it was these well-trained pilots and they'd went out on this training mission and they have thousands of hours of flight time and it was a clear day and they just disappeared. Like they said their compasses weren't working and all their equipment was going haywire and then they just disappeared. No wreckage was ever found. Nothing was ever found. They sent a search crew out and then the search crew got lost as well. Like they were never heard from again. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy with that. So... Let's go. What actually happened? At least what I was able to find with that. The leader of that squadron was a notorious drunk who was severely hungover that day. No way. Yeah. He also had been lost at sea twice before. Had had to been. Oh. He had to be rescued from like the Pacific Ocean previously. On top of that, the other pilots in the squadron were trainees. So he was like well and truly their superior officer. They had virtually no flight time they were just going by what he was saying and ultimately it just comes down to fucking ego like yeah because it got to a point it was a shitty weather as well it was really shitty weather it was in the afternoon and so when they by the time they actually got lost and like essentially crashed and died it was night time so the the whole reason that it was such a big thing was that they could see the fucking sun setting it's like you know that that's west so why are you going the other direction and his ego was so fucking big that he's like no no i'm right and he was looking at the wrong set of islands like so he was saying he was looking at the florida keys and they realized later that where he was actually saying he was was a different location like he would have actually been like above Bermuda or above somewhere else like way off from where he thought and that's why he led them in the wrong direction but even so it's this tracks so much (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah basically the whole thing apparently in the navy like with those flights is that if if you're going down like you know if you're going to run out of fuel you all go down together because there's better chance to be seen to be rescued if there's you know five five planes in the one area yeah I guess yeah yeah so apparently they were supposed to have done that I heard different, like, mixed stories, but I heard one where one of the pilots actually turned around, like, he was like, fuck this, I'm out, like, you're wrong, but he was too late, and so he ran out of fuel as well, and was never found. Which sounds like, you know, a lot of the suspicion is like, well, the planes were never found, like, what do you make of that? It's the fucking deep ocean. Like, if shit goes to the bottom of that, you're never gonna fucking find it. Like, I was watching documentaries where they were scraping the seafloor, essentially, for wreckage, and there were a bunch of planes and shit down there, not the ones they were looking for from from Flight 19, but it's so deep that, you know, humans can't go down there. So you're never gonna find it. Like, they had fucking robots and shit down there looking for it, like, trawling through wreckage. Also, I remember, like, friend of the show, Sarah, they're an oceanographer, and... Their podcast is about oceans and oceanography. And like one of the things that it like, came from the sea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it came from the sea. Yeah, sorry. Good, nice plugging. One thing that they like we've spoken about before is the fact that like 
you know, people love to predict, oh, well, you know, if something crashed here or got lost here, then here's how, like, the trajectory it would go on. Mm-hmm. The fucking ocean does not care. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, you cannot predict where it's going to go. So, like, obviously there's, like, educated guesses, but, like, it, yeah, as you said, of course we didn't find them. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially when especially it's, like, that many. in fucking, like, that area... Not because it's a fucking Bermuda Triangle, but because it's a tropical fucking storm area. Like, apparently they get 30 meter waves and shit. Like, there's all these, like, crazy weather patterns because of it's, like, a place where different weather patterns converge, which just makes it dangerous. Like, it makes it not supernatural or extraterrestrial or anything. It just makes it fucking dangerous. So it's like, of course, you know, things could happen that would completely destroy ships and destroy evidence of it. And apparently some of those waves that do come through, like the really big ones, the force of them is so strong that it could destroy a plane easily and you wouldn't find wreckage. So I could imagine. Also, just like, that's amazing because like, obviously, like I've heard bits and pieces of the Flight 19 thing and yeah, they massively gloss over the fact that he was, like, a known drunk and had been lost at sea and shit before. Oh, right. But, like, that tracks because of the whole, like, well, you don't want to, you know, sully the name of, you know, oh, this brave I'm not even pilot. done with that guy yet. No. <laughs> so, oh. apparently, the reason that they couldn't just, because, you know, logically you'd be like, well, it's his fucking fault, right? Like, it's his fault that it crashed. Yes. So why did the Navy not just say it's his fault? Great question. The reason is because his mother didn't want it to come out that he had caused, you know, apparently it was something like 27 young men had died because of the rescue squad. Holy fuck. His mother didn't want it it to come out that he was responsible for it and argued that because they never found wreckage, the Navy technically couldn't say that that's what happened. So they couldn't blame him for it because they don't know what happened technically as, and they don't know, you know, after they lost contact, they don't really know what, what went down exactly, even though it's his fault. They got into that entire situation. They can't for sure say because there's no wreckage to analyze. So, yeah, they essentially changed it from it being his fault to it being, like, inconclusive or mysterious. Well, what happened? Yeah. yeah that's... And the rescue ships <sighs> that went in, because if you're like, well, you know, what about the rescue planes and shit? Like, surely that, you know, why did they disappear? There were several that went in and it was only one of them that disappeared. And there's also reports of people seeing, like, a giant fireball in the sky, which a lot of people, I think, yes. wrote up to it being extraterrestrial. Nope, it was the rescue plane that exploded in the air. Apparently that type yeah. of plane was known as being called a fireball because they had a they no had a tendency way. to just explode. Their Navy stopped using them after that mission. So, yeah. Well, so in the course of, like, I, I just figured I'd bring up, like, something crosses over. I thought I'd just bring it up. Saves me rehashing it later. But, like, so the main thing that I did was like watch this like BBC documentary or something actually National Geographic or something and it was like draining the Bermuda Triangle (laughs) or something like that and in that they spoke about they were trying to find like the wreckage of the rescue plane Mm. and like they were like oh it totally just like exploded like they said that there was like a ship that saw fire a fireball in the sky and then they like showed footage and I don't know if it was the the exact footage but now knowing that like this type of plane like was called like a fireball it doesn't like it wouldn't surprise me if it was just like other stock footage of that exact model of plane exploding in the sky (laughs) 
Yeah. So that that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it also figures like this was like 1940 something. 1945. It was December 5th, 1945. Huh. So its anniversary was yesterday. Ooh, that is eerie. Yeah. Supernatural extraterrestrial. <laughs> Obviously planes weren't great then. Yeah. <laughs> like Right. That's also another thing. That's, yeah, and known. Like, we know that that shit was, was a bit cooked. The other sort of... Because, you know, that's that's one. And so that was something that, like, made it culturally a really big thing. And that was also right. in the time that, you know, like, sci-fi and everything was really taking off, like, pop culture-wise. So apparently a man named Charles Bullitz wrote a book on the Bermuda Triangle, and he was the first to suggest that the disappearances were caused by mysterious energy anomalies, aliens, and even the lost city of Atlantis. Oh, for fuck's sake, Chucky. Right. What are you doing? And he sold 5 million hardback copies of that <gasps> book. Then around the same time as that, a man named Richard Weiner made a documentary about the Bermuda Triangle, but he calls it the Devil's Triangle. And he okay, also yeah, claims yeah. it's a trapezoid, because, you know, why call it... Why is it <laughs> not the Devil's Trapezoid then? Like... <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump is away. So that's really what caused it to have like the reputation that it has today is them, both of them like contributing to that. Right. Those two pieces of media. Yes. Were they close together? Yeah. 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 It was like really around the same time. So the other sort of like historical cases, I know there was one involving Christopher Columbus, which a lot of historians think they just saw a meteorite like going across the sky. That makes sense. Yeah. There was apparently a ship in 1840 called the Rosalie, which was mm-hmm. in the Bahamas and was said to be found drifting without a crew. Okay. There was no evidence that the ship even existed, let alone how to pull. Oh, so people could have just made this entire thing up. At least, like, a historian I saw in a documentary was like, yeah, I've done extensive research on this and I was never able to find any anything pointing to this even existing. Wow. But there is a ship. So in 1872, the Mary Celeste was abandoned at sea, and that's sort of the famous one, which they did, like, a parody, or not a parody, but, like, a thing in the X-Files on it and shit, I think, or hinted okay. to. That was, like, something they hinted to was, like, ships disappearing and shit. Anyway, abandoned at sea, the you know, the people were not found. It was a crew of 10. It actually didn't happen in the Bermuda Triangle. It happened 3,000 miles to the east of the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, come on. Yeah. And even so, like, the reasons for that could have been piracy. Like, there were a lot of pirates around then. Mm. Also, one sort of theory that got kicked around was, I'm going to mispronounce this, ophthalmia. I think it is, which was a disease that was going around at the time that rendered people blind. So a lot of people thought that when ships were found like that, like without a crew, if it wasn't pirates, it could have been that the crew and the slaves became sick and then either through suicide or through like accident walked Mm. off the edge of the ship, deciding they didn't want to live like that or, you know, or fear or whatever, or just not knowing where they were or not knowing how to operate the ship if you're fucking blind and have never been blind and don't have assistance. Yeah. So, all interesting enough theories. What about the crazy There's ones? There's just nothing to this. Oh, at all. At all. So, the the theories that were my favourite, I guess I'll go through the, the sort of crazy ones that people sort of know the most without diving too deep into them. I'm just going to touch on, like, different things that come up. Sure. So, extraterrestrials and UFOs is one of the main conspiracy theories as to what happened. And, like, what happened to what, you know? The, the other thing that's yeah, worth mentioning fun. is that apparently... 
for the amount of traffic that the Bermuda Triangle has, like in that area, no more ships or planes disappear than any other part of the ocean. Yes. It's really not a thing. So power sources from Edgar Cayce's Lost City of Atlantis is a oh. theory. Sea serpents or giant squid. Okay. Electromagnetic phenomenon, which bends time and space or can just disintegrate an aircraft or a ship. Oh, yeah, that common thing that occurs, yeah. that known thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can just say that and it's true. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I watched an interview with a guy who was supposedly experienced it. It was great. Oh, come on. He just got drunk. Right. And many natural causes is like the actual. So these, these two are like real sort of likely stories. So natural causes, so like uh, mini hurricanes, subsea earthquakes, inclement weather. So like comes in really quickly and you get like strong winds mm-hmm. from a water spout or from a hurricane. Also like bubbling of a gas from the ocean that could reduce the buoyancy of ships. They think that could affect it getting to port. And then beyond that, the really obvious one, the faults of pilots or shipmasters. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Yeah, that, like, I'd say that's the I, main <laughs> cause, to be honest. On top of that, the other theory, oh, the reason I guess that it's made me really dislike the Bermuda Triangle through researching this is, <laughs> and you know, I was like thought it was a bit of fun before. I think so. One thing that I learned through watching these docos was that apparently it's really common if you're in open sea in a plane to completely lose your sense of direction because pilots essentially get a type of vertigo where they can't even tell what's up or down or what's left or right. So they have to rely entirely on their equipment because in certain parts Mm -hmm. of the ocean, and I guess especially when the weather's shitty, I can only imagine this is amplified, they can't tell like the horizons, like you can't tell what's the sky and what's the water, which is obviously a huge fucking problem when you're flying over (laughs) the open ocean. So on top of that, if you are experiencing that, so there was a, a term for it. I'm forgetting what it's called now. I should know this. I listen to like air crash yeah. podcasts. Yeah, I should know this. Yeah. I'm going to Google it. You know what? Because yeah, let's you inspired <laughs> me. It always drives me nuts in podcasts when I'm listening to it. And I'm like, you have fucking Google right there. Like, just look it up. I want to know. <laughs> yes. like, don't make me Google it, motherfuckers. Spatial disorientation. Yeah. It could be called Coriolis illusion or something. Might be part of that. Okay. I think just like something as simple as spatial disorientation was the term. Yeah, I that's probably fine. Think of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like a whole inner ear thing. Yeah. Because that's what vertigo yeah. is. So it's like the same right. type of thing. It's just, yeah, through a very specific set of circumstances that you would experience it. Huh. If you're experiencing it, I imagine like most conditions like this, the more stressed you are, the worse it could become. And, you know, the bigger your ego is, the less likely you are to trust your equipment and you will trust yourself like a lot of these idiots. Mm -hmm. So that in mind, (laughs) what made me so mad or made me dislike it so much? This is also something that comes from like within their head, right? Like this is even the people that I was watching talk about it were like, yeah, they have to just be aware that this is something their brain is causing. Like, this isn't a real thing. Right. Like, it's not something that's really happening. They just have to understand that it's like their brain is what's feeling disorientated and it's, you know, it's their head. These men were fucking suffering from hysteria, essentially. If this was women, if these were women fucking oh, pilots, it would just be like, the- these women are hysterical. Clearly they crashed their planes because they were hysterical. This they was got their the vapors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> men, 
ego, male egos are so fucking fragile that we had to create an entire fucking conspiracy theory about a Bermuda fucking triangle because God fucking forbid that men be mentally unstable. Like Mentally unstable. Make mistakes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a Bermuda triangle. Like, fuck off. <laughs> How to dare you? The pride. How dare yeah. you insinuate that I am hungover and unable to have a sense of direction? It is fucking the lost city of Atlantis beneath me. Like, please don't tell anyone I've been lost at sea twice God before. Damn it. I can't like, get over that. Seriously, I can't get over that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I oh feel like God. it's a really misogynistic conspiracy theory now that's that's where i'm at like it's it's grounded in that yeah yeah just like mass like toxic masculinity and ego well there just had to be more to it right like yeah everything like this it's like it seems mysterious when really it's like you just didn't dig deep enough and then it's like there's an answer somewhere like, I wish we did live in a world with aliens, but <laughs> evidently not. Yeah. And it's, like, surprisingly simple, actually. Like, I mean, it is a simple explanation. But, yeah, it's it's interesting that it was also, like, deliberately, like, sh- sort of shielded yeah. as well. Like, that would have just played into the whole, like, ooh, spooky. Right. So, basically, when I went searching for this stuff, the first thing that I fucking found was that every motherfucker loves to use the term Bermuda Triangle in whatever field they're in. Like, so so many papers use the term Bermuda Triangle. So, example, mail fraud, the intangible rights doctrine, and the infusion of state law, a Bermuda Triangle of sorts. Of sorts? Uh, what, is it bullshit? Like... (laughs) Are you just saying there's three things? Is a drunk pilot like, responsible? Because, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Human oh, error, fuck. I guess. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Like, and yeah, one was like, I found like, oh, the Bermuda Triangle of ankle injuries or something like that. What? And I'm like, can you just stop using that phrase? Because it's really fucking up my research, oh, for one. Also, it's just tired. I watched the 2014 documentary Drain the Bermuda Triangle, which I kind of mentioned before. It's on Disney Plus, if anyone has that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So that one was interesting because I mostly spent my time getting really angry at just like the way the documentary was presenting everything itself, even though it was quite honest and like sort of scientific in the way it presented things like it debunked anything that was like it didn't humor supernatural stuff if that makes sense it was genuinely trying to like give the most like likely sort of explanation for things so it started with talking about what the Bermuda Triangle is and then it started off with talking about like the Bermuda part of the Bermuda Triangle, so like actually around the island of Bermuda, which has been called Isle of Devils and like it's called like a ship's graveyard and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, what could be causing all these wreckages? And then they like had a fucking satellite image of Bermuda and like all these dots around it. And you could quite clearly see that it's like surrounded by like rock shelves and reefs and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like, oh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can I can see, and you can see where exactly that like this is where the wrecks are. Yeah. And then they eventually were like, 
well, yeah, okay, so it is these, like, (laughs) it is this, like, reef shelf and stuff like that. But it was so dramatic, and the method that they used for this part was they were, like, using sonar mapping to, like, sort of map the ocean floor around Bermuda. And, yeah, they're like, wow, it's it's on top of this big rock shelf, which you could see from space. But it was still pretty cool, still pretty cool. And then they were talking about how, like, these things, they're called breakers, and how, like, in calm water they can be really dangerous, because usually, like, when it's choppy, you'll see, like, sort of where it breaks. You'll see the difference in waves and how they crash, and so captains will be able to sort of navigate around it or whatever. So I was like, yeah, duh. Anyway, but the thing that I got mad about and why I bring it up is because they kept, like, to make people engaged, I guess, in the same way that, like, conspiracy theory documentaries try and keep people engaged, it's, like, through drama. And they were like, oh, well, what are we going to do about this threat around Bermuda? And I'm like, you're giving rocks agency here. They're literally just rocks. <laughs> like, it is human error yeah. here. Like, the rocks aren't really moving much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're so incredibly stable. <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. But, you know, like, obviously accidents happen. And... It's just like you crash a car into a building and you're like, what are we going to do about these buildings? And it's like, uh, maybe just Such a drive threat. into them. Like... <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so that just, like, tickled me so much. But so that was like, okay, so that explains why all those shipwrecks happen around Bermuda that's pretty obvious then they were talking about flight 19 they didn't go too much into it they certainly didn't mention our drunkard mate (laughs) and then they sort of focused on the lost sort of patrol plane and there was a guy and he's like I'm pretty sure I know like I have a good guess of where the wreckage might be for this rescue plane and it was cool like he went down and he went to the bottom of this area and he did find a plane there and it was really interesting like it was like a like an amphibious sort of plane so it was like okay this is exciting and then he took the footage back to like a guy who's like an expert in US military planes mm. and straight away he's just like okay i see this and this and this like these three things it's dated past World War II, so it's definitely not this plane. But, like, they totally found, like, the wreckage for this other plane that went down. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, the planes are down there. Like, there's plenty of stuff down there. It's just that there's so much down there, and it's so deep. Yeah. Good luck. To this credit, like, I was still so cranky at, like, them calling rocks a threat. I know that's, like, (laughs) such a minor point. I was like... I guess because like I'm so hyper aware of news reporting talking about like giving agency to people who didn't have agency in a situation or deliberately yeah. not giving agency to things and I was like these rocks did nothing these sentient rocks <laughs> I know but like to to this documentary's credit they were like oh yeah like the reasonable explanation for like any of this stuff is that they got lost ran out of fuel And they had to ditch over the ocean. Like, that's literally it. The last part of this documentary was, like, talking about the Bahamas and was talking about how the Bahamas have a lot of blue holes. Have you heard of, like, the? did you come across the blue holes? Blue holes? No, I don't think so. No, they're really cool. They're just, like, deep holes off the shore of the Bahamas. And they had a guy called Dean. Oh, no, sorry. There was Dean's Blue Hole. (laughs) Which, you know, 
I just kept giggling at because I'm a fucking child. No, I mean, I and they got in a blue hole. <laughs> and they got in their blue hole expert <laughs> to go and explore Dean's blue hole, oh, and I was like, Ugh. no. <laughs> And he was explaining, he's like, for a long time, people around the islands had their own sort of like folklore about sort of like a Loch Ness type creature under there because you would see like water sort of being almost like exhaled, but then inhaled like really like dramatically and like, you know, people would get like sucked down there and all sorts of stuff and reports of like boats being sucked down there and Stuff like that. Once we're done, like, I would recommend, like, just Googling, like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you should Google Dean's blue hole, but it was interesting because he was like, okay, so we suspect that a whole bunch of, like, downed ships and stuff have come from, like, these blue holes, but we don't really understand why. And so he sort of went down there and, like, you could see that these blue holes, they were sort of like a bottle shape, so... They kind of narrowed a whole bunch and then they like doubled in width. So it was like sort of this like weird pressure thing. And then off the sides were all these like tunnels leading elsewhere, like a really cool structure. And it's like, well, just the way that water and pressure and air works, you are going to have like these whirlpools and like gyros or gyros. I don't know what people say. Yeah. So there's just like people can absolutely get like sucked down there. So like kind of like a rip, like as in like the currents affected as well, or is it more just like, yeah. 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 So a huge tidal effect on it. And it could be like tides from elsewhere. The tides can like make really unpredictable like outcomes because of all these like tunnels and stuff. And I just thought that was really cool. And like, there was this thing where I'm like, why are there so many conspiracy theories about like how these things have happened when we like the things that are very possibly the cause it's so much more interesting so cool right like (laughs) there were also like other theories that they explored like underwater vents stuff like that might be releasing i think they said methane or something i don't know about that but (laughs) dean's blue hole is releasing methane (laughs) Amazing. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> You've heard it here first. They were saying how, like, I think it's called, like, a wind shear or something. Like, columns of vertical, like, wind can actually just, like, in an instant make a plane go down and, like, you don't really have a lot of time to sort of, like, save it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally random. Like, it's rare, but I think totally random and not much you can do especially like world war ii era and then another one i think there was like talking about just like i think it was called like the hms cyclops was one that like just it was huge it was a huge sort of like motherfucker and it just disappeared and no one's found it and they were talking about how these like really big freak waves sort of as you were mentioning they can just appear from nowhere and like they then went to like this really cool lab where they were sent like <laughs> it was like a pool with like these pushy pulley things that created waves and you could just like you know program a certain type of like oh like a weather event or something to see how it would react yeah yeah and like you could see like i would actually recommend people watch this documentary it's just like really cool some of the science they do and yeah like they recreated like 
this huge freak wave that totally just like made a ship sink like a little model to scale for yeah. like what the wave sort of could produce like yeah uh-huh. and yeah it just went down like and it was like the sort of weather that you might see in the quote-unquote Bermuda Triangle so yeah I yeah. thought that was really interesting and finally I have been going on like a bit of a trove sort of thing lately so for folks listening uh, especially international people trove is like the sort of like the national library it's like a website and people can upload and other libraries and stuff like scan and upload newspapers and all sorts of things and it's just this huge amazing free archive and I like to go on there and like text edit because like the automatic sort of text reader isn't very good but I went on there and like searched Bermuda Triangle and going back to what you were saying before about how like this has just been like bullshit and like people have known I didn't see the documentary but yeah they did mention that book in one of them Mm -hmm. Canberra Times news article from 28th of December 1990 they were talking about the Bermuda Triangle and they were talking about how like it was kind of debunked by the time that like these documentaries and books were released like no one was actually puzzled like by the time that those things were published advances in like radar and radio technology made flying safer and like different instruments you could see that the amount of totally disappeared ships and planes like it just went down because we kind of know where they are or have like a better recording of like what happened they also said hey by the way Bermuda is a very nice place to make documentaries so everyone sort of rushed we'll keep going yeah they're like oh wait there's there's something interesting in in like the Bermuda and the Bahamas (laughs) and Puerto Rico and then there was another one I found from 1969 in the Canberra Times and he was talking about a guy named Bill Verity, an Irishman who took on the Atlantic and Hurricane Debbie to prove a theory that an ancient son of Erin beat Columbus to the Americas, but he's not been heard from since August 14. And US Coast Guards reported no recent contact and confirmed that Mr. Verity's 20-foot craft might have fallen victim to the Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) God. But yeah, it sounds like he just like literally went out into where there was like a known hurricane yeah and then the last one i found an article from 1978 where there was a scientific program it was a worldwide experiment might solve the mystery of the bermuda triangle area of the atlantic oceanologist from the soviet union said that at the end of december that year 10,000 weather stations throughout the world 50 research ships And satellites would synchronize readings of, like, the area, like, the Bermuda Triangle area. And he was just like, yeah, I mean, there is nothing actually puzzling about the area, but, like, we will be able to understand more about, like, air currents in the area, at least. And you can finally put the myth of the Bermuda Triangle to rest, which I thought was funny in 1978 and, like... We both absolutely grew up with this myth and being like, oh, yeah, oh, like in full concerning. force. Like, there was no, sense. yes, it was like unchained Bermuda Triangle in the 90s. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I just thought it was funny that, like, yeah, we both said this was never actually a thing to ever worry about. Anyone worth their salt or knew anything about fucking seafaring or like 
piloting a plane thought that there was like anything weird happening here right one of the documentaries i watched there was a guy whose title like his you know expertise or whatever was something like alien researcher or alien abduction <sighs> researcher or something so you know <laughs> grain of salt <laughs> <That's> but, kind <laughs> of, <laughs> these are the doctors i kind watch. of expert <laughs> <laughs> but he said something like you know if there hadn't if it hadn't have been for flight 19 we wouldn't even have a bermuda triangle as we know it today like there wouldn't really be anything to to make of oh. it and it's like that's the alien guy saying that and we Holy just shit. fucking yeah, debunked like, it like <laughs> that's amazing that he said that right that was not what i was expecting but he was saying it in a way that was like so we do though like this is because flight 19 is amazing you know like oh yeah okay. yeah it wasn't okay. he wasn't saying that because it was bullshit but to use his point he's right yeah yeah he's <laughs> not in the way he intended it but he is 100 yeah. percent correct <laughs> exactly that's amazing <sighs> oh that's so good how does your inner child like if you could go back and tell little Kara now the truth about the bermuda triangle how do you think they would feel I think I would be disappointed. I have like weird priorities of things, especially as a kid that I held important. I don't know if I've told you this before, but like when, when I was a kid, I cried when I found out wrestling was fake. Oh yeah, that's devastating. Oh, I, it fucking tore my world apart. Like, I mean, I was sad. I found out in the same day that the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus and Tooth Fairy, yeah, it was a rough day. But wrestling? But wrestling, that fucking killed me. Like, Hulk Hogan was God, so, like, I was Devo. Oh, no. So I think... Can nothing be sacred? Yeah, for real. And so I think, like, because, you know, Bermuda Triangle for me was pretty heavily tied up into, like, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, aliens. Yeah, I would have been not thrilled. I would rather probably have just not known, I think. Like, I would let Small Car keep believing it, I think. yeah. Yeah, I can see the merit in that. Because as a child, there's no damage. Like, as in, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> if you believe in the Bermuda Triangle when you're like seven years old, that's fine. You know, if you believe in Santa when you're seven years old, that's fine. If you're 30 something, <laughs> we got to talk, man. Like, <laughs> some, right. something's happening there. Like, I think that's the same deal. Right. So I guess you might write 18 year old Kara. A letter, but eighteen-year-old Kara. I might write like two months ago, Kara, a letter and be like, "Hey, we got to talk." (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Not that I believed in it necessarily, but I was like, "Oh, let's just not," you know. And it's, uh, I think, okay. To be fair, there's a pretty big lesson I think that comes out of it. That's pretty an important lesson as well, if nothing else, just from Flight 19, which is to fucking question authority. Like, that, okay, actually, one of the people I saw interviewed in one of the documentaries was actually a pilot from one of the rescue planes. So, like, not, obviously not the one that fireballed, but from one of the other ones. So the interviewer, I think it was, had asked him, you know, if you were in one of those planes, like, you know, in the initial Flight 19 squadron, and you were being told that by a superior officer, like, instructions that you knew were wrong, like, you knew he was incorrect in what he was telling you would you have followed his instructions or would you have mutinied, you know? Like, would you have disobeyed direction and risked a mm-hmm. court-martial to do what you thought or what you knew to be correct? Oh, right. And he was like, well, yeah, I think I would have. But it's like, he says that as an adult. Like, he was, you know, 
60 60 something likely when he was being interviewed so it's like yeah it's all well and good to say that now that you're an adult and Mm -hmm. you have a stable fucking head on your shoulders these would have been kids these was this was their training flight they were probably like 18 19 year olds in those planes you know and it's like they they didn't fucking know any better and if they did they were probably like well i can't go against what he's saying like he's my superior officer like it's the fucking military you know like and the importance of that though is just always if you know something is wrong fucking say something like see something say something you know like fucking stand up to it and if you don't think it's right and especially if your life or lives of others are in fucking danger act like just don't go along with it fucking do what you know is right because fuck this like fuck going down because of some drunken idiot right and that's like such an important point first of all like i totally forgot that you know, part of their decision-making would have been, oh, fuck, if I don't do this, there are, like, legitimate consequences for me going against... Yeah, like, it's not just, like, you lose your job. It's, like, you could literally go to jail. Like, this is a military. Yeah. so. So there's that. But also, like, even in commercial air flights, I think it's been a thing in maybe, like, Korean air flights in the past where that hierarchy led to you know, people who saw something and, you know, you could hear, like, it was recorded that they were like, hey, I'm not sure about this. Mm. There was, like, a culture of, like, no, if, like, the first pilot said, no, this is the way it is and we're going to do this, then even if technically procedure says you don't have to do this, there was still just, like, but he is my superior. And, you know, especially because a lot of these very experienced pilots, even on commercial air flights, have been in the military. There's also, you know, this sort of reverence and respect for people as well. And, like, that's not just in Korea, but that's just what I remember from that case, or, like, several cases. And, like, that was one of the recommendations, was, like, you really need to embrace a whole sort of, like, resource management system where different people's input counts and like yeah like have a more holistic approach and you can't always just rely on one person's ideas because if they're wrong you're all fucked like especially if like one person is panicking or one person has a big ego or a big hangover (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so no i think that is the lesson is a if you see something say something always like question authority and b a lot of things a lot of conspiracies in my i'm I'm now formulating a new grand theory that like a lot of conspiracies stem from like ego masculine from mostly honestly from like white male ego let's be honest (laughs) yeah 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 a lot of that yep (laughs) but yeah no thank you so much that was like actually like way more insightful than i was anticipating so yeah it actually came together better than i expected (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah my tendency to just like watch a documentary and then two months later be like oh what the fuck was in that again i should i should rewatch parts of that like (laughs) scrambling (laughs) yeah yeah that was a whole bunch of fun i know that we have a few listeners who are looking forward to this episode as well because as kids they were also like somehow like just taken by the Bermuda Triangle, which I think is is a fairly common thing. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's so important yeah. for kids to have this shit, though. Like, you know, little... Like little curiosity and wonder. Yeah. And, like, as mythology, yeah. it's fine. It's just... 
there's people out there dedicating their lives to this shit, which is just wild. Like, Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, was there anything you wanted to plug or say or anything like that? I don't think so. I'm just, I yeah, I'm having a time with life. In <laughs> like I'm <laughs> just, a you, time. Know, you know, you know when like literally nothing is in your control anymore, and then it's just really hard to <laughs> to live. Like it's very distressing, especially for people. And I know, yeah. like you, and I, I'm. No, I am. I can speak for you because we've sort of had similar conversations before. Where it's like a lot of what we find important is feeling in control, having autonomy, having options. Yeah. And then Mm. when it's like really big decisions that you feel like, even though like I've made the decisions to get to this point, I'm not in control of what happens next. And I don't know what happens next. And they're really fucking big decisions and I don't get to make them. And even the micro decisions you make kind of still depend on like the outcome. Oh yeah. I'm just in limbo right now. I'm in this like real sweet limbo. So yeah excellent and i know that i (laughs) after being like yeah i'm gonna post my nova members in the discord and then i posted it on the first day and then i didn't log into discord again for the whole month and then some so (laughs) i haven't even checked that's such a mood that's such me though like on brand yeah don't trust anything i say (laughs) basically but they're all on my instagram anyway if anyone wanted to see them Awesome. I did do them. I did them all on time and everything. I just, yeah. Yeah, I no. I had a lot of fun reading them. Oh, thanks. Did you have anything um, that you wanted to, to say or to vent or to get bo- <laughs> Lots to vent, but probably not suitable for the end of this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll probably just, like, leave people with our socials. Yep. If you want to get in contact with us, our Twitter is Hill to Die on Pod. Our Facebook is A Hill to Die On. Our website is ahilltodieonpod.com. Our Patreon is, if you want to become a patron, is patreon.com slash ahilltodieonpod. You can shoot us an email at hilltodieonpod at gmail.com. And our Instagram account is ahilltodieonpod. Awesome. Thank you, folks, for listening, and we'll talk at you next time. (laughs) Bye. 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 Misinformed